Chapter number 1. Most of you have probably seen the picture. It's on the walls at schools all over the place. It's on TV all the time. It's on Facebook all the time. People have used it in every which direction. But the saying goes that a basketball in my hand is worth about 15 bucks. But a basketball in Michael Jordan's hand is worth significantly more. Whenever Mark McGuire stood up to break the home run record back in the 80s, 90s, they had special numbered baseballs. That way that they would know whichever one he hit over the fence was authentic. So it had a serial number on it. Those baseballs were worth a lot more if you got the one that he broke the home run record with than if you just got one that was a foul ball. The point is that, that circumstances surrounding something is what makes it precious. It's what makes it special. To me, in, in high school, a home run didn't mean a whole lot. But I have one home run ball that I kept. It's the only game that both sets of my grandparents ever came to. I had two home runs that game. I got one of the balls. I kept it because both of my grandparents were there. The rest didn't mean that much. The circumstances surrounding something is what makes it precious. Down through time, the shedding of blood, with the exception of sacrifices to God, has not been, in fact, special. It happens all the time. It has happened all the time since the very beginning, since the first sibling rivalry that ever happened. But the circumstances surrounding Jesus' crucifixion, the circumstances surrounding His blood, is what made His blood precious. It's what made His blood special. My blood don't mean a whole lot. Just don't. Jesus' blood did. First Peter chapter number one, verse number nineteen. First Peter chapter one. Let's back up verse eighteen. For as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things, silver and gold from your vain conversation, received by tradition from your fathers, but with and he's saying that you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. But we are redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. I think a lot of times that we don't really appreciate exactly how precious that blood that was shed for us was. Jesus, Jesus came down here on purpose. Jesus spilled His blood on purpose. For us. So that we could be redeemed. The circumstances surrounding His death were a king, a God, that no one in this earth, on this earth, around this earth had power over. And yet He came and He laid Himself down as a sheep before the slaughter. He opened not His mouth. He was perfect, without spot, without blemish. There was nothing in the world wrong with him. He was the only perfect to have ever lived. And he came and he gave his life so that you, through him, could live. And this afternoon, it don't matter if you're saved or lost, we're taking the blood of Jesus for granted. Whether we're saved or lost, we're taking the blood of Jesus for granted. Just a minute for those of us who are saved. 
The blood of Jesus is precious, and I believe that if we're saved, that we believe that at some point. But at what point did it become less important to us that we are not willing, that we are not emphatically and passionately sharing that with others? Because if it was as precious to us as it really should be, then that's what we ought to be doing. We ought not keep it bottled up. We ought not keep it to ourselves if it was as precious as it should be. If the blood of Jesus was as precious to us as it, as it should be, then we would obey Him. We would read and study His Word. We would try to live like Him. We would try to be holy because He is holy. Verse 16, But it is written, Be ye holy, for I am holy. We are called, we are chosen, we are saved, we are redeemed by His blood and we live like it was a one-time thing. Whenever you were baptized, did you keep any of the water? That's a serious question. Did you keep any of the water? I was baptized in Cranes Creek. And I didn't keep any of the water, but I kept a lot of the sand. All in my mama's vehicle. Got it all up in my feet. Didn't get dried off good before I got in the car. And got sand all over the floorboard taking pieces of that creek home with me. But today, I don't have any of it. Because whenever we are baptized, that water, it washes off of us. That sand, it washes off of us. It is gone. It is done. Baptism is a one-time deal. But the blood of Jesus is supposed to stick with us. The blood of Jesus is supposed to stick with us forever. We're supposed to keep it. We're supposed to value it. We're supposed to remember it. And we're going to do a little bit of reading tonight just to look at how precious the blood of Jesus is. But real quick, for those of you who may not know Jesus Christ as your Savior, Peter said, For with the precious blood of Christ, ye are redeemed. I don't believe the drop of Jesus' blood is wasted, and I said that this morning. But can you imagine somebody choosing to take your whooping, somebody choosing to take your punishment, somebody choosing to take a beating, somebody choosing to die for you, and you spitting in their face? That is unimaginable for me. But for those of you who elect rather to go to hell than to go to heaven, that's what you're doing. For those of you who would rather suffer in hell, for those of you who would rather reject the blood of Jesus Christ than believe on Him to the saving of your soul, that is the equivalent of spitting in the face of Jesus. Saying, Jesus, I, I don't care what you did. Jesus, I don't value the blood. We're living in a world today where most people... Most people read Bibles that the blood ain't in. You know those Bibles that don't have the Word in there at all. <coughs> not just places, not just spots, but, but blood is gone. Sacrificing is gone. The Word, redemption, is gone completely. It's not in there anymore. People have rewritten it to be more politically correct. They've rewritten it to be a little bit easier to read and a little bit easier to understand and a little bit more pleasing to the ears. And whenever we make the blood of Jesus 
whenever we water it down, it don't look much like redeeming blood anymore. blood of Jesus is precious. Acts chapter number 20. If you would, keep your Bibles open. We have several places we want to go to tonight. Acts in chapter number 20. Verse number 25. Acts in chapter number 20. Verse number 25. And now behold, I know that ye all among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God shall see my face no more. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Now Paul is saying that I am pure from the blood of all men. No man's, no man's blood is on my hands because I have shared... Jesus Christ with you. Therefore, if you die and go to hell, if you die in your sins, if you die rejecting, denying Jesus, you're on your own. Nobody can help you. Verse number 28. He said, Take heed, therefore, unto yourselves, unto all the flock. Now, Paul is charging the elders. He's charging disciples here. But this Bible was written to each and every Christian. Take heed therefore unto yourselves first. To all the flock that God has given each and every one of us. Not just preachers, not just ministers, not just missionaries, not just deacons. But all of us have a flock that we can reach. All of us have a mission field that we can get to. He said to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost have made you overseers. Every opportunity that God gives us to feed the church of God, which He has purchased with His own blood. Whenever we are baptized into the church, we become part of what is known as the body of Christ. And that church, the church of born again believers, the church that extends beyond just harmony and beyond just the the. Landmark Missionary Baptist Association and beyond just America, it extends to every born-again believer. Every Bible-believing church he has purchased with his own blood. Do we treat the church as precious as Jesus purchased it with his blood? Every aspect of the church. From the building, which is just a building, but whenever we gather here, it is the church building, it is the house of God. To the members, to the lost that come in and out before us. How great of a burden do we have? I've told y'all the story of whenever we were building on to a church. And a man that had never been to church there carried a spit bottle in his front pocket. Because he didn't want to spit on God's ground. He didn't want to spit on the church ground. And yet all over churches today, there are people just treating you like a high school. Whenever I picked these chairs up from Covington, I got there a little bit early, Covington First Baptist Church, and there was probably a dozen 
high school, college age boys out there. They had all the chairs flipped over underneath their breezeway thing that I pulled up under with the trailer. They had all the chairs flipped over, and they were out there with putty knives scraping gum off the bottoms of these chairs. So I got a putty knife out of my truck, and I started helping. And I said, why in the world is there gum on the bottoms of all these chairs? He said, because people treat it like they do anything else. The guy over maintenance said people treat them like they do everything else. They don't treat it like the church. They don't treat it like a part of a part of God, a purchased by Jesus' blood. All my life I've been in church. I've seen treat people treat people every which direction. Folks, it's all supposed to start. It's all supposed to be this, the part of the same church. That's all been purchased and redeemed by the same precious blood. And yet, our brothers and sisters in Christ, we treat them as though they're not precious, Amen. as though they're not special, as though they're not purchased by the blood of Jesus Christ. If the blood of Jesus Christ is precious, then so is the church. So are the people that God. That, that, that Jesus has purchased. And if the people aren't precious, then we don't value the blood of Jesus Christ. Book of 1 John, chapter number 1. Book of 1 John, chapter number 1. Verse number 6, if we say that we have fellowship with Him... And we walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, His Son, cleanseth us. Cleanseth us from all sin. A lot of times we don't recognize and appreciate what I wrote down as the reconciling power of the blood. Following salvation, we still sin. Following salvation, we still sin. But following salvation, we can still be forgiven of those sins. Following salvation, our sin can still be reconciled by the blood of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that if we confess our sin, He is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. It is amazing to me. Some of y'all may know a little bit better than I do, but in a human body, there's so many pints or gallons of blood. It ain't much. Most of it consists of water, some minerals, a lot of chemistry, and that's about it. But the blood of Jesus Christ had to have consisted of so much more than that to cover just my sin. And then if we take and add your sins to that, just gets bigger. And you add everybody's sins to that. And imagine how precious Jesus' blood had to have been to cover all of that. During the summertime up at my grandpa's house in Mississippi, we used to cover up hay. And he would get these big, they looked like tarps. But what it was, was it was billboards. It was the big canvases that they stretched over billboards. And they had these eyes in them that they were stretching tight. Anyway, he would buy them used once the folks was done with them and, and we'd cover hay with them. He'd stack the two bales on bottom, one bale on top, and we might have a run. It would go far, far ever. 
But it never failed. No matter how much hay we got covered up, we would always run just a little bit short right there at the end. So Papa said, go tie the other end of that tarp to a tree. We're going to stretch it tight, see if we can cover it. So we go tie the other end to a tree, and it may be five or six tarps long. And we tie the other end to the tree, and he'd hook his tractor to this end, and he'd pull into a rope somewhere broke, trying to stretch that tarp just a little bit further. Because no matter how much hay we stack, we were always just, just a half a bale, or, or one bale, or a bale and a half. We were always just a little bit short. The blood of Jesus Christ never runs short in reconciling our sins before God. Never runs short. How much do we appreciate that? What if we had to pay for all of our sin? What if we had to pay? The Bible says that by His stripes we were healed. But what if we got a stripe every time we sin in the eyes of God? How bloody would we be? If we got a stripe for every time we sin before God. We don't like to look at it that way because we like to say that we got away with it. But there's no such thing as getting away with it. God sees it all. God knows it all. And the blood of Jesus covers it all. He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Revelations chapter number 12. Book of Revelation chapter number 12. here of a battle in heaven. A war in heaven. Verse number 7. Revelation chapter 12. And there was a war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon and the dragon fought against his angels. The dragon fought and his angels and prevailed not. Neither was there any place found anymore in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth. And his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now is come salvation and strength and kingdom of our God. And the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God night and day. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb, by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives unto death. What can the blood of Christ not overcome? What can the blood of Christ not cover? And yet we treat it as though it's a get out of jail free card. Y'all used to play Monopoly, right? Whenever you play Monopoly and you have that get-out-of-jail-free card, you're not worried about going to jail because you have a get-out-of-jail-free card. But if you don't have the get-out-of-jail-free card, you try to do everything you can to avoid that go-to-jail, don't go directly to jail, do not pass go, do not collect $200. You try to avoid that because you know that if you hit that, you're going to jail. But if you have a get-out-of-jail-free card, you're not worried about it. A lot of Christians treat salvation as a get-out-of-jail-free card. They treat it like I'm saved, now I can do what I want. I'm saved, now it don't matter. 
They don't treat the blood of Jesus as precious. They treat it as something that is disposable. Something that is used and then done away with. Something that is addition to our life. And not a staple in our life. Me and my wife was watching this television show. It's called Alone. It's where they drop these people out in the middle of the wilderness up in Canada and they see how long they can survive. And there's only so many things you can bring with you. We were talking about what we might bring with us. And she said, I think I would bring salt. Because with salt, you can do so many things. You can preserve, you can clean wounds, you can season food. All this stuff that salt can do. I said, yeah, but salt runs out. She said, well, I'll just bring a bucket of it then. I said, you do what you got to do. How many of you have salt in your kitchen? Everybody? Anybody not have salt? That's an easier question. Salt is a staple in almost every single kitchen of anybody that I've ever met. My mother-in-law, she has to have a, a low-sodium diet for health reasons, but she still has the, the Morton's. I think it's the Morton's. got the girl with the umbrella on the front of it. It lasts for like five years because you never use that much salt. She still has one of them in her kitchen, as do probably all of you. Salt is a staple in kitchens. But what about McCormick Applewood Barbecue Rub? Y'all have that? See, that's not a staple. That, that's, that's just me. That's what, that's what I have. It's delicious. It's wonderful. But everybody don't have it. Right? It's just me. And I don't use it all the time. I don't put it on macaroni and cheese. I don't mix it in the pasta. I don't use it on gumbo. Most of the time, I don't even use it on a hamburger. Just every now and then. So in our life, is God a staple or an addition? Is the precious blood of Jesus, is it so important to us that it is a staple in our kitchen? Is it like the salt or is it like the barbecue seasoning we use once a month? Because for the majority of people, it's like the barbecue seasoning we use every now and then. And every time you use it, what, what happens to lemon pepper after you don't use it for like two hours? It gets hard in the container, right? And then you gotta you gotta hit it and you gotta shake it and you gotta you just gotta crumble it up before you can use it again. And a lot of times that's what happens to Christ in our life. We have to be broken in order to come back to revival because he is not a staple in our life. His blood is not a staple in our life because the circumstances surrounding the death of Jesus Christ do not appear as important to us as everything else in this life. And that is a shame that we don't value the blood of Jesus any more than that. That I don't value the blood of Jesus any more than that. The blood of Jesus has redeeming power. The blood of Jesus has cleansing power. The blood of Jesus has reconciliation power. It covers everything. It cleanses everything. The blood of Jesus has overcoming power. They overcame Him by the blood of of the Lamb. And I pray to God that we could recognize that. <coughs> because the saved, born again believers, as, as part of the church that Christ purchased with His blood, we have a mission. We have a mission to share the testimony of that blood. We have a job 
to appreciate, to value, to be passionate about that blood. Because the rest of the world, they're doing away with it. It's, it's gone. It's finished. It's done. You can't get it no more. It's our job to teach it. It's our job to share it. It's our job to love Jesus more far. This afternoon, if you're here and you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you don't understand the power of that blood. The song says, Would you be free from your burden of sin? There's power in the blood, power in the blood. Would you or, would you, or evil, over evil, a victory win? There's wonderful power in the blood. Come for a cleansing to Calvary's tide. Power in the blood. Power in the blood. When I was a kid, we used to sing. Instead of there's power, 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 we all, uh, my, my, mama taught us, you know, as a young people's choir, we would sing, there's peace, joy, love, joy, and everlasting life in the blood of the Lamb. Because the power of Jesus covers all of that. In the power of Jesus' blood, there is peace, there's joy, there's love, there's everlasting life in the blood of the Lamb. And this afternoon, if you could see that power as a lost person, if you could see that blood, if you could see that Jesus who shed it for you, the circumstances is what made that blood precious. He was not a normal man. He was the man. He was the God man. And He died for you. And if you'll believe on Him with all of your heart, God promised for Jesus' sake He'll save you. And then you'll understand that power. And then you'll be able to sing there's power in the blood. I'll have a verse of song, we'll ask for a verse of invitation.